Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. B-Pod Studios. The Felger and Maz podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, the show you'll be talking about. That was not me hemming and hawing. In therapy. Socks! Socks, stocks, stupid socks. It's Felger and Mass, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Bill, has a decision been made on the starting quarterback for this weekend? I've told all the players the same thing. Be ready to go. Hopefully, they will be. Have you made a decision on the starting quarterback regardless? I've told everybody to be ready to go. Yeah, but there's a difference. <clears throat> what well, you tell them when they're not in their decision? Well, I'll let you know on Sunday. That's good. With the uncertainty, do you feel like there's a possibility that Kanye have a fair shot at that? I told every player to be ready to play. So, see how things go and go from there. So, whoever does start a quarterback on Sunday, wouldn't it be more advantageous <clears throat> to have them take the bulk of the starting reps to prepare for the Giants? I want everybody to be prepared. <clears throat> Yeah, everybody needs to be ready to go, Tom. So that's where we are for today. Today's Tuesday. Go out there, be prepared, be ready to take advantage of their opportunities, and we'll go to Wednesday. But it's like Friday, you want... People are prized with the decisions and not walking in. One day at a time. Right. Today's Tuesday. All right, so there we go. That's the way it's going to be. That's still the way it's going to be. That was Belichick today on his 2-8 and eight football team where every quarterback sucks, and it doesn't matter who plays. That's Bill Belichick answering those questions, and that was just the half of it, folks. That was just the half of it. That was the edited version. That's how we will begin uh, today. What is a big boy Tuesday coming to you on Tuesday, uh, November 21st. I come to you from the remote A-hole chair. We got Maz and Greg Bedard and Big Jim Murray in our Town Fair Terry Studios in Waltham. How you doing, fellas? Good, you? Hi. So, Greg, you have the floor. What'd you make of Belichick today? Both him and the content therein. Okay, well, first of all, I think that uh, I think people will be surprised that I am actually going to defend Bill Belichick slash give him the benefit of the doubt on this. That I, I am going to look. Here's the situation: they played in Germany. They came back. They had a uh, walkthrough slash corrections practice last week, and then the players went on the bye week. 
I think that, um, you know, the way that I read it, that um, Bill was basically like they have been going at it nonstop since late July. They haven't had a bye week. Uh, Mac Jones has been under assault, and I think he is leaving it open, even though I do think the chances are very slim, that perhaps just three or four days away was enough to give Mac Jones a reset, and I think he is going to see how it looked in practice today and then go from there. So that that was my initial read on it. Mouse. That's a mistake. It's a huge mistake. The kid shouldn't play again this year. Greg, this is my point. Independent of the reset and everything else, we all agree that after that game, the kid looked like a mess. Yep. Does it serve him to play? In other words, wouldn't they be better off just letting him get away from it? Just just check out, chill out for a little while. If we need you somewhere along the line, great. But if not, let, you know, I, I just I don't get it. I don't get in, it. In a vacuum, I agree with you. You know, with player X, you're probably right. And, it's, and the chances are you are probably correct in this instance. But every player is different. Every player reacts to things differently, you know, whether it's coming back from injury or whatnot. And maybe Bill is leaving it open that, Mac is the type of player who just needed three or four days away to reset and that he might be he might look like his old self come practice again that could be problematic because what we know so far is he has held the job from the practice week basically you know even though he's played you know like crap basically since the start of the Dallas game that he has held the job that the guys behind him Bailey Zappi Will Greer whoever have not practice well enough to make the coaches say well, we need to go with this guy but you know it's possible that mac is the type of guy where he just need needed a few days to clear his head reset come back and maybe he could be better i think i think that bill could be allowing for that opportunity but then then again you guys talked about it yesterday you know the bill o'brien quote about Kraft being involved in the quarterback decision certainly stands out so how does that factor into it so listen, to me, it's only partially about the fact that it might be Mac Jones or even that Bill doesn't know. I mean, look, and I say only partly because I think that's crazy. I, I, I think, I mean, how bad is your operation? How bad is your quarterback room? How bad is your offense? If you keep having a quarterback who sucks so bad you can't let him finish games, but then you still keep having him start games? I mean, that's ridiculous all right so but that's only part of the story to me the the other part of the story and i know i should be over this by now after 20 freaking years but th- this is another example as i've mentioned this a bunch we, we in listening to bill belichick press conferences and following the patriots f- fans and media in this town have exchanges that no one else has that it, it it's almost like you're talking to a two-year-old uh bill what are you gonna do with your starting quarterback we're getting everybody ready uh, yeah, Bill. So have you met? We're getting everybody ready. Okay. Yeah. Well, we understand that. But now is that in your mind or is that we're getting everybody ready? Okay. Uh, now that's uh, Tuesday. Do you plan to? We're getting everybody ready. We're getting everybody ready. Okay, Bill, on your quarterbacks, you think it'd be good to have snaps, you know, that you have someone who's going to be starting and somebody back up. So you want to do we're, we're going to get everybody ready. Today is Tuesday. One day at a time. We're going to get everybody ready. And like this, this thing, like, uh, uh, Judge Wapner at five. Judge Wapner at five. Judge Wapner at five. Like, I, and I'm not saying Bill's like Rain Man. I'm just saying 
this these insane little Belichick cul-de-sacs. Like, can, can you just stop and talk like a human being for a second? As opposed to this thing that he does, this hamster wheel of I'm just going to repeat the same thing. This borderline childish, obstinate, like, fellas, either I haven't made up my mind, and I know that's crazy, but that is what it is, and so I just can't tell you anymore. So I'm sorry, but we haven't decided. We haven't told the guys yet. So right now it's an open question, and I appreciate the question, but, you know, that's just where it's at. I can't give you much. But instead it's just the repeat of that thing. Am I the only one who finds that insane? No, no, you're not the only one that finds it insane. In fact, look, and I'm thinking out loud here a little bit because I read the comments. I have not heard them until now. So I would tell you, like, I think it's kind of gutless. You've had plenty of time to think about what the hell you want to do here. And And it is possible he doesn't know yet. But I also think it's entirely possible that he has a plan and he doesn't want to make the decision. He wants the players to make it for him. So to me, make the decision. Make the decision. Hey, guys, we're going to go in a different direction, at least for a little while, see how it goes. Okay, we're 2-8. and eight. It is what it is. I don't think the fate of the world is relying, uh, residing on this game. So let's, let's see how it goes. But we're going to go into practice with an open mind, at least for a couple of days. But in all probability, it's not going to be Mac. I don't know who it's going to be yet, but it's not going to be Mac. It's just goofy town. It's just goofy. The, the way he handles it. And I was listening to Mike Reese earlier with Leroy there and Cerrone. And he says, you know, they asked, do you really think Kraft would move on Belichick? And he says, yeah. And, the, you know, they ask why. And he says, well, one of the reasons is what you heard today. And we've heard over and over again for 20 years. Like, it's not, it's not new. But what he said was, is the owners don't get much different. It's not that much different. So, you know, and, and, and he didn't elaborate. But in other words, what I took that to mean is that if Robert Kraft walks into Bill Belichick's office today, he would say, yeah, I've told all the players to get ready. And Robert would say, okay, yeah, no, no. I mean, I got that, Bill, but is, are we leaning in a certain direction? You know, like, what are you thinking on this? Well, I told everybody ready to be, you know, I just told everybody ready to go. It's Tuesday, Robert. I told everyone to be ready. Like, that Robert might get the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you read the transcript, there's no other transcript that looks like this. Bill, has a decision been made on the starting quarterback? I've told all the players the same thing to be ready to go. Have you made a decision on the starting quarterback regardless of what you told the team? I told everyone to be ready to go. Yeah, but there will be a difference between what you've told them and whether or not you've made a decision. Well, I'll let you know on Sunday. Uh, With the uncertainty right now, do you feel like there's a possibility that Malik Cunningham, I told everybody to be ready to play. So we'll see how things go and we'll go from there. Whatever does, uh, whoever does start a quarterback on Sunday, would it be more advantageous to them to take the ball? I told everyone to be prepared. How much of a challenge? I mean, it's like, it's goofy town. It's goofy town. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I know I should be used to it by now after 20 years, but it's just goofy town. And the, the crafts have to be sick to death of it. Never mind us. And so I know I'm just scratching that itch. I know that has nothing to do with football, Greg, but that's the presser. And then we're, you know, paid to react to it. And that's my reaction to it. No, I'm with you, you on they, this today, Mike, too. You would think at this point, because this feels over for him, that maybe he would just, I don't know, be more open or act like the other coaches throughout the league. But, it, nope, he's still doing the same thing. And it's just, it's, to me, it's behavior that benefits nobody but him. Because I think he believes if you know too much or he's given away some semblance of too much information, like he loses power. It's just nutty. I just think it, he doesn't. I, I just think he doesn't know. And I also think where they are, like say the Patriots were, you know, 500. 
in, in the playoff race, I think it would be different. I think he would be telling us up front today, I think at two and eight, what does it matter if he decides later in the week or not? And like, and I also leave open the possibility that we might see something goofy on Sunday. The, to, to, to further your point about it's goofy town, that we could see alternating quarterbacks or, you know, or yes, Mac's going to start, but he's going to have a ridiculously short leash or something like that. I mean, I, I, I allow for anything at this point. It's just as opposed to repeating the same five words over and over again. Like, we're literally having a conversation with a toddler. He could say that. It's a weird week. We're coming off the bye. It's Thanksgiving. We're working on different things. We're not exactly sure what we're doing. I know that sounds crazy, but that's where we're at, guys. It's like, ah, guys, it's just, he's just not capable of it. But, oh, by the way, so now back to the substance of the thing. It's bananas that you can have a quarterback that has played as bad as Mac Jones and has lost the faith of the locker room like Mac Jones, and lose the games that he's lost to the point where you have to pull him off the field. You've had to pull him off the field in three games that could have been more, and you still keep going back to him. That that is just, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. And it speaks to just, it speaks to a lot of things about what's going on here. So that's obviously sort of the lead story. 617-779-0985. Greg will be here, so it's a usual Big Boy Tuesday. Anything related to the Patriots, where they're at here coming out of the bye, weigh in with Greg, and he'll answer your questions. Greg, just quickly before we go to break, your thought on the state of the team here heading into the bye. What do you expect to see coming out of the bye? What do you expect to see here over the next seven games? I think it's questionable at best, like what we get out of this team down the stretch. I mean, we're talking about a team that, you know, even if you go back to the the Super Bowl season in 2018, um, you know, they got they got hot at the right time and they got, you know, match up with the Chargers and, you know, and then the running game and Brady and all that. But, you know, they, they lost back-to-back December road games, um, you know, that year. And every year since then, they've been bad down the stretch. And I think, I think you're looking at a... Uh, a, a volatile situation because of the the status that they that they've left this team in terms of contracts about guys who aren't you know extended in the next year how many guys are up for contracts you know guys start making business decisions they start making reservations like all this stuff I think it's um and and that they're you know I'm glad for them that they're on the road at the Giants because I do think if this was a, a home game over holiday weekend I think it would be it would be rough I think this is I think the the state the state of the team is not good, and it could get worse. Okay, have at it. Calls with Greg Bedard. You have the number to you right after these words. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. 
More of Felger and Mad now on, on, on the Sports Hub. Sal, let's get give you the most interesting one of all. Bill Belichick in New England. How hot is his seat? Most interesting, most difficult, for sure, and definitely the biggest story of the offseason, right? You're talking about perhaps Tom Landry, perhaps Don Shula getting replaced in Dallas and in Miami. You're talking about a guy who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I'm on the committee. But here's the thing. They're not going to fire Bill Belichick. They're going to trade Bill Belichick. They have the rights to Bill Belichick. So this is the big decision. Robert Kraft, Jonathan Kraft, they got to sit down with Bill Belichick and say, all right, we have an opportunity, you have an opportunity, perhaps to go to the L.A. Chargers. Yeah, baby. We're talking to the Spanos family, and we're going to make a trade for you to go to so that you can perhaps, this is the deal, right? You can get the record that Don Shula has for most wins with Justin Herbert, with the L.A. Chargers. That's the thing. But it's a big divorce. No question about it. It will be the number one story of the offseason. What's happening with Bill Belichick? And that was Sal Palantonio this morning on ESPN. Sounded pretty uh, pretty strong about that L.A. Chargers thing. Maz, uh, Murray, Bedard, you got thoughts on that? Go ahead. Look, I, I think it's a, it's a good place for him in terms of the football. I just don't think that Bill's a fit for the culture of Southern California. But at the end of the day, that's exactly the kind of team that should hire him. They have a lot of talent. Makes sense. He could put them over the top. Like, what they need there is a real coach. What he needs is a team that has some talent. Like, from that standpoint, it's a good fit. So I don't care whether they're in the conference or not in the conference. The Patriots and the you know the Chargers should not be any sort of factor in Patriots decision making. So makes sense to me. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm again, I'm no believer in Bill here anymore, but I do think he would be able to put a team like that, you know, he could clean up a team like that that keeps getting in their own way with Brandon Staley as their head coach. If he went to a ready-made situation, tightened up the ship, you know, kind of beat people into doing what they're supposed to do. He can make that a better team. I, I, to me, it's the number one. If I'm Bill Belichick, it's number one on my list. You know, for a bunch of different reasons, in, including that the offensive pieces are already in place. He doesn't have to screw anything up, which he is <laughs> prone to do. I, I don't trust him to rebuild an offense uh, if he goes to a place like, say, Washington that needs to be totally rebuilt. It makes sense in a lot of ways for the reasons that these guys talked about. It's just the problem is, especially if you're the Chargers. You're irrelevant in that city, and Bill Belichick automatically makes you irrelevant, but are the Spanoses going to do that? The history tells you no. Right, so that surprises me. Uh, you know, it checks a lot of the boxes, but I've always sort of, I've almost ruled them out because of the Spanos thing. That's just not a family that has ever spent big or thinks big. You know, they're the quite literally the second-class citizen. Yeah, the stadium deal's bad for them. It's not like, you know, they don't own it. Kroenke owns it. Right. I mean, they're just a tag-on mm-hmm. there. And uh, they're a tag-on franchise, and but and, but that's fine as far as Bills, but it's the ownership. Are they willing to pay that kind of money? And you know, so that's what would surprise me about it. But it checks a lot of the other boxes. I mean, they're starving for credibility in that market, and they're a ready-made team. And that coach clearly out there right now is not the guy. He's lost twenty-two games, Staley, with the Chargers, including the playoffs. In thirteen of them, Mike, they were either tied or leading in the fourth quarter. So Belichick knows how to close out a win if he's, you know, coaching a good team. You just got to hope that that ownership is tired of le- uh, living in the shadow of the Rams and they want to be relevant. All right, let's get to phones. We're here with Bedard, as promised. We've got uh, Josh in Nashville. Why don't you lead us off? Go ahead, Josh. 
Hey, fellas, first off, before we get to sports, what are you guys doing for Christmas in the city this year? And then um, I'm sure you don't have it right in front of you, but I'll get to the sports. Um, no, no, I do. Stand by. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We're doing a right, event event at Legacy Place in, uh, is that Dedham, Maz? Yes. A, a Legacy Place in Dedham. Is it Friday the 1st? Yeah, that's Friday the 1st. Friday the 1st, we'll be there from 1 to 2, like an appearance, meet and greet, blah, blah, blah. And then we'll do the show from there from 2 to 6. And then the Christmas in the City auction is on Thursday the 7th, I want to say, yep. at the Seaport. So those are the two things we're doing. We'll tell you more about it, but Josh, thanks for asking. Boom. You know I always ask every year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Bill Belichick, he, he's, he's got to go at the end of the year. Like, I don't even know why he's, he's hung on this long. It's just because Robert Kraft, Kraft loves him so much. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous, guys. Okay, so do you think Robert Kraft loves him so much anymore? I'm telling you. When, when when Mike Reese said today to those guys, you know, what he gave you today at the press conference isn't a heck of a lot different than what he gives the crafts. I, I you know, I, I took that one to heart. And we've seen it, obviously, Maz, right? We've seen the special. We've seen how Bill acts. We know how Bill treats Robert. But it's like probably till the probably till his dying breath, he's doing the same thing would be my guess. And outside of, you know, two and eight's the most important thing in the direction of the team's the most important thing by far. But you have to believe the crafts are looking forward to getting rid of that thing and being done with that thing. Well, be, Mike, be... you remember the you know the infamous story, the famous story, and and it, it's been so long now. I forget where the genesis came from, but that you know one owner at one point or somebody said to Jonathan Kraft or Robert Kraft, "When are you going to fire that a hole?" And they <laughs> said, "As soon as he starts losing." I mean. Well, here we are. Yeah, look, I was just going to say, Mike, if that is, if what we saw in that football life video is what it is, that Bill is sitting there slurping down his salad while the owner's asking him questions. Yeah. If that's all he's getting, I think they've shown restraint. I want to know why they didn't fire him two years ago. Like, I've been looking at that going, are you – and again, I understand it's about the team, but if I were the owner of the team and my team was starting to fade and that's what he's given me, dude, the door's right there. Don't let it hit you in the ass on the way out. If I'm going to suck, I'm going to suck with someone who can at least give me some answers. It's kind of what Mike Reese indicated today. Anthony in Texas. Go ahead, Anthony. Hey, guys. I just wanted to uh, point out, I know Greg always talks about how Belichick ruined him, um, ruined Mac Jones. Um, and always goes back to the first year. And I know we've talked about the first year, you know, the last four or five games of Mac Jones in that season, he fell off. Um, but on top of that, one point is that there, that a lot of people, a lot of quarterbacks just fall off after their rookie year. They catch lightning in a bottle. I don't know if it's film comes out or what. But if you look at like Brock Osweiler, Davis Mills, Jake DeLome, Trevor Simeon, Wentz, RG3, all these guys, I mean, they had really good, their best years were their rookie years. And then they just fell off. They didn't have Belichick. It wasn't All right, Anthony, of, so what's the point? The, the point is, I think that you have to look at, you can't just say, oh, he was good his first year, first three quarters of his year. They, Anthony. Oh, quarterbacks do this all the time. What you're saying is he just sucks. Yeah, he sucks. Okay. I mean, I definitely help you. Yeah. So Bill Belichick didn't ruin Mac Jones. Mac Jones just sucks. Right. And and look, he has a point, um, somewhat of a point about, you know, quarterbacks in their second year. And there's a lot of things at play and the, every situation is different. You know, obviously like RG three was, you know, the injury 
you also have a lot of guys like after a rookie quarterback does well, they change, you know, the offensive coordinator gets a head job and, and things like that. But I hear this from fans a lot, and I've heard you guys say it. Big Jim Murray said it about, uh, you know, I think he said it about, you know, Mac Jones's rookie year. He wasn't good down the stretch. I mean, I yes, but the team has sucked for several years on end at the end of seasons. Like, it wasn't just like the one Mac Jones year where you could point to it and be like, well, that, that was Mac's fault. Uh, to me, this is a team-wide problem. This is a program problem that they now fade in December after Thanksgiving. And it's to me, it's impossible to draw a direct line to the quarterback and say, that's where it started. It was his fault. He sucked. So, And I get it. Brady's 2019. Yep. They listed down the stretch. And that, so the defense that, fades down the stretch, like all that stuff. They couldn't get off the field key times. You know, um, uh, Fitzpatrick goes down the field on them and, and beats them. All that stuff went on. Keith in the truck. Go ahead, Keith. Good afternoon, fellas. So, quick, kind of a two, two, two questions, but it's, they're linked. So, if the Patriots fall out of, say, they're number three or four, who are you picking? And and the next question is, is there anybody quarterback-wise in the second round who maybe either falls from the first or someone in the second that you really like at QB? Okay, God. Keith, thanks for the call. We've got so long to go over this. Mm-hmm. It's not even Thanksgiving. Greg, who's a number four on your big board and who's the quarterback no, at the top of the I second no round? Idea. Are you ready to do that thing yet? Nope, nope, and I won't be until the season's over. I, I mean, just, I, I did tape – the Caleb Williams and Drake May games this weekend, and hopefully, <laughs> Did you? yeah, and hopefully this weekend. I just wanted to take a look at them, um, you know, for the first time. I haven't watched them, you know, at all. But you know, he to his point about who you if, if they don't get one of the top two guys. I don't know where I am exactly, but like as of right now, and and we've had discussions about this off the air at least. Like, I might go for the tackle. You know, well, I might go for the would. best tackle. Because so, I, I think that you can, you, you you look at the best teams that are sustainable. It's the offensive lines, you know, whether it's the Eagles, the Forty ers the 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 Lions. Like these teams fortified both lines, and and if you have an offensive line, unless you have Patrick Mahomes, if you have the unicorn, Patrick Mahomes or Brady, who can make chicken salad out, out of chicken bleep, then. And a great offensive line gives you a variety of ways to win. Where if you just go, like, look at the Bengals. You know, you go Burrow, you go the wide receivers. If the quarterback gets dinged up a little bit, you're done. You know, forget it. But if you have a great offensive line, you can win in a variety of ways deeper into the season, into the playoffs as well. I've decided if if I don't get either one of the quarterbacks, I'm taking an offensive tackle. No, I I know. And you know what your answer is? Yeah, man, it's not sexy. You know what's not sexy? Sucking. Sucking is not sexy. Okay? You can't block. Let me me just point point, (laughs) Let me just just point out a couple things to you. What happened to the Niners when they lost Trent Williams? No, they sucked. Okay, there you go. They were awful. Brock Purdy was useless. The whole thing's useless. And I know, but the, the point is, this isn't a quick fix. It's not an overnight thing that you fix with one pick. Okay, it's not going to happen that way. Go get a freaking tackle and start there. You can't neglect it again. The Penn State kid. Three. Okay, I, I thought we weren't going to do this. Three <laughs> up, three down uh, at this point in the season coming out of the bye with the big boy right after the headlines. 
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding expectations, simplifying lives, and establishing legacies that last for generations. Leverage their exclusive network of experts to help achieve your personal and professional financial goals. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect to a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. It's Felger and Oh, and don't forget Barry on the Sports Hub. And now it's time for three touchdown Patriots. Two big throws on this drive by Mac Jones, your quarterback. What a throw on the skinny! I'll take more of this, please. Three down. Put a jacket on him. He don't want to be out here. Sit him down. With Greg Bedard from BostonSportsJournal.com. Three up. I know you're very results-oriented. I get that. Three down. It's a fail all around. Fail, fail, fail. On Belger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, bye-week addiction. Uh, edition, Patriots at the bye. Three studs, three duds. It's all presented by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Enjoy the game. With the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cast matured Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Please drink responsibly. Who's your number one star for the Patriots, Greg, at the bye week? Christian Barmore. Uh, he, he, he's my highest rated player so far. He's a plus 31 in my grades. He leads the team with 17 total quarterback pressures. Uh, a lot of this stuff has happened in the last four or five weeks. Uh, but he has just, he's been tremendous. Uh, not many mental errors. This past week, he really stood up well in the run game, which could earn him you know, even more playing time, which would be nice to see down the stretch. But I think Barmore has been outstanding, and he's coming into his own. So what matters, what matters to me is consistency. Who has been the best player consistently week in, week out, you know, with a, with, stayed on the field, et cetera, et cetera. Jelani Tavai. I think he's been their most consistent, good player all year. And that is sad. That's sad. That is that. And again, I'm not. Look, I, I've underrated him uh, up until this year. I've underrated him. He's a solid player. He's pretty good. But the fact that he's their best player this year is an indictment, and it tells you uh, it's an illustration of how bad they've been. Completely Number agree. Two, I mean, he's he, he's a good player, but on a real team, on a real defense, he's he's a role player, like you know, backup role player against certain schemes. That's it. Uh, Number two sorry, for Greg. me, yeah, uh, Dietrich Wise. Uh, second on the team with 15 and a half quarterback pressures. He's a plus 20 in my grades. Uh, he talk about consistency. He he is there uh, game in game out. Uh, I don't know how he does it, but he gets pressure almost every game. Uh, plus he's a leader for this team. I think he's done a really nice job. So I went Barmore number two. I think Barmore has been terrific, but as Greg said, a lot of it's come in the last five weeks and the early part of the year, he wasn't really much of a factor. He's their best player right now. But I think Tavai has been more consistent all year. Number three. Uh, David Andrews. I think he's been uh, a model of consistency. He's only given up five quarterback pressures uh, all year. I think next lowest uh, is Trent Brown with nine, and uh, Owenu has ten. So I, I think that you know while NFL scouts and executives think that he is – slowing down you know i still think david andrews is really good let alone the crap show that has gone on on either side of them this season so don't Tell laugh me. again part of me picks guys who exceeded expectations and have made me go ooh, pharaoh brown 
Mm-hmm. I think he's been pretty good. I don't disagree with that. He's been pretty good. When he's been out there, he's produced. They've thrown to him. He's caught it. You know, he's generally out there as a blocker and a decoy. But of all the players on the team who you look at and go, you know what? He's given them more than I thought he would. He's one of them. I'd say Farrell Brown. Okay, Duds, who's the number one dud on the Patriots uh, over the first half, Greg? I zagged a little bit on this, but GM Bill Belichick. This is his show, his fault. Uh, the the weaknesses on this team, the, the lack of depth in certain areas that he chose not to reinforce, have killed this team, spent his first three draft picks on defense, uh, it's a complete joke. So, to me, the person most responsible for where the Patriots are right now is GM Bill Belichick. So, I agree with that assessment entirely. I, I generally kept to players, though, and I had trouble distinguishing in this particular group. So, I put the whole offensive line. If you ask me what the biggest football problem is on the team, I go offensive line. I don't think there's a bigger problem there. The person and, – and you can even – Exclude Andrews because I think he's been the best of the bunch. But the the overall, the offensive line group, horrendous. Horrendous. Number two. And that's why I put number two for me, Adrian Clem. The offensive line has been terrible. There's been no development. The young players aren't getting any better. The The best players on, on the offensive line, Trent Brown, David Andrews, and Michael Wenu, were already at that level when they got here. The Haven't seen any of the young players Develop City So's done, you know, better once they put him in at guard, but he was a di- disaster at tackle when they put him out there. Uh, Adrian Clem's in charge, and the offensive line is the second biggest reason why the team is where they are. And so I put it on him. Mac Number Jones. Three. Number two, Mac Jones. I mean, let's not pull any punches here. There are a lot of variables there in, in which that affect the quarterback's play. We all know what they are. He hasn't exactly handled it well either. And the thing that concerns me the most is the way he's unraveled. And, and look, he's kept, he hasn't really thrown people under the bus like he did a year ago. But his, his play has completely deteriorated. He's a mental mess. He needs a new start somewhere else. Will Mac Jones make Greg's list? Number three. Troy Brown. The wide receivers have been a mess since he's been in charge. They run, uh, run wrong routes all the time. There's just inconsistency. The young guys aren't really developing. Demario Douglas is is playing better and getting more time, but you know his on field play as far as his routes and things like that haven't really developed. Um, it's it, it has not been good, and you know that whole group has underachieved for years. And I'm putting that on Troy. This might be a little bit unfair, but I went with Ramondre Stevenson, and I know the offensive line has been garbage, but Ezekiel Elliott has run well when he's been in there. And I haven't seen Stevenson run hard until the last couple of weeks. So I don't know if it was an injury. I don't know what it was. There were some passes in there that uh, he, I thought he could have caught that he didn't along the way. And they needed him to be as good as he was a year ago. They had to be able to get more out of their backs this year. He gave them less than he did a year ago. I think that's been a, a big problem, too. Three up, three down in the books. Back to your calls in our long commercial-free segment next. Pete Actor Portrayal. I didn't see it coming. Life can be so unpredictable. After losing my dad, it made me think about my family if something were to happen to me. The mortgage, car payments, and all the other bills. Even things like our annual summer vacation would be out of reach. I had heard about life insurance through Ethos and how easy it was to get coverage. They were right. I knew it was time to stop putting it off and get life insurance right now. 
I got on my computer and went to ethoslife.com. In just 10 minutes, I was covered. And boom, family protected. Thanks to Ethos, my family won't have to worry about the bills if the unpredictable happens to me. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's E-T-H-O-S life dot com slash audio. Now, now. Felger and Maz continues. Any thought to uh, having a few different players play quarterback on Sunday? The kind of thing where you might sort of mix guys in depending on on the situations. Yeah, I've told all the players to be ready to go. So, so is it a competition this week, Bill? Like guys start. I've told ready? everybody to be ready to go. But will your decision, whenever that happens, will basically will be based on this week? It'll be based on what I think is best for the team. And I've told everybody to be ready to go. Hopefully they will. Bill O'Brien said uh, yesterday there are enough reps in, quarter, in practice for the quarterbacks to have two compete for the starting job. Do you agree with that? Um, look, at the quarterback position, you could run four times as many plays as we run and probably still not have as many reps as they want to have. So all quarterbacks, take and go all day. They can take a lot of snaps. And they want to. Going back to Tom and all the other quarterbacks we've had, like they'll take as many snaps as we can run. I guess from a coaching perspective, you know, to see a large enough sample in practice, if you were picking between multiple options, could you afford those yeah. quarterbacks enough reps to make like the Everybody needs to be ready to go. So it happened in the Dallas game. You know, Jones went out, DeVito came in. That could happen on the first play of the game. Could happen on the middle of the game. Like, everybody needs to be ready to go. That's our job right now. It's a pair of the teams per play on Sunday. That's all of them. Not one of them, not two of them, but all the guys. And then guys who are active, then when they get a chance to play, then hopefully they'll play well and we'll coach well. All right, that's what you got today from Bill Belichick. His promise, back to your phones. How about Mike in Rockville? Go ahead, Mike. Hi, gentlemen. Happy Thanksgiving. You anyway, um, I had a, kind of a thought over the weekend. I mean, the Jets have a crappy quarterback. We have a crappy quarterback. Is, it, is there any sense of maybe possibly swapping them and seeing Bill can get anything out of Zach that the Jets can't right now? Okay. Uh, Greg Bedard, do you want to give Zach Wilson to Bill Belichick? Hell no. no I don't want to Murray, give how do you Bill feel about Zach Wilson with Bill Belichick? No, I don't want to ever see Zach Wilson play football ever again. I've seen enough. So That's I'm, a. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Murray. That's, uh, I wouldn't do a one-for-one one trade, or even if you're talking about like some random special teamer. That kid sucks. He's never going to be able to play the position. No thanks. So, first of all, Zach Wilson and Bill Belichick won't be together here because Bill won't be here. So, that would have to be, you know, he's not going to handle Zach Wilson's development. Secondly, Mike, to your point, I think this is what you're getting at. That's a match made in hell. <laughs> Seriously. Talk about, uh, you know, a coach who wants a quarterback who can process, is intelligent, and make good decisions with a guy who's a moron. I mean, that, that is the worst of all marriages, if you ask me. But here we go. This is the phase of the, the, the day, the program, uh, where we are with the Patriots team, where you're just going to call me and throw names at me. That's it. Yeah, just name one name after the next. Kevin and Mansfield. I don't mean to yell at you, but go ahead. Give me your name. Hey, uh, I just want to see your thoughts on uh, Baker Mayfield, for the pass stolen for him. He's on a one-year contract right now with the Bucks. Uh, and he can, while we develop our draft pick, I think he could help us compete in the meantime. 
And he's okay, Kevin. Th- thanks for the call. I don't mean to, to jump down your throat, but here we go. What do you think of Baker Mayfield, Greg? I mean, first of all, I need to – the first question I need answered is who's running the program? Like, who's the coach? Bill O'Brien. You, you know, uh, uh, I mean, look, veteran du jour, whatever, as a bridge guy to Jaden Daniels or somebody you draft in the second round, like, what have you? Fine. Whatever. You know, you're just like every other team now. So why not throw crap against the wall like everybody else? I'm a yes on Mayfield. Hey. As a bridge guy, I'm a yes. Yeah, not a bad stopgap guy. I mean, you're drafting someone, obviously, too, but for like a year or so, sure, fine. He's getting better. That pick he threw uh, over the weekend, I think, was the, wasn't that the first career pick in his red zone or something like that? or Some crazy stat like that with him? Like, or maybe it was this year. But he, he's getting it. He's, he's more efficient now. Six interceptions, 15 touchdowns. He's been all right. Why is Tampa letting him go? It's a one-year deal. It's a free agent. Okay, well, no, but, I mean, they're in the same spot as you. Say, for example, maybe they're drafting a guy. Maybe they're starting, you know, if he has done a decent job for them, why, why they're letting him? But either way, this is the portion of our lives <laughs> where it's just one name after the next. What about this guy? What about that guy? What about this guy? What about that guy? Sean in Atlanta. Go ahead, Sean. Hey, I was just going to say, you know, if you look at Bill Belichick as a GM, obviously he's terrible. He's not going in the Hall of Fame as a general manager. But from a football coach standpoint, what do you guys see as the upside? I mean, everyone's on the train of Belichick's leaving and and he's out. You don't think that Kraft wants to keep the best coach of all time uh, and, and just say, look, you know, you're done with, with GM. We're going to bring in someone from, you know, like Howie Rosen or whatever from the Eagles and have them go and pick the personnel, and you're going to be the coach and, and okay. just rebuild it from there. I, I guess what's the upside with everyone saying Bill Belichick's got to go? Well, well, what coach is going to be able to replace him? Someone who's just decent. You think he's still the best coach of all? You think he's coaching right now like an elite top-end NFL coach, Sean? I think right now he's not, but I think if you really look at it and, and dissect it, yeah, Brady was without a doubt – the biggest influence, but if you look at what he did, I mean, I went to both Super Bowls, the one in Atlanta and the one against... Sean, I got you. I, we're not talking about what he did. We're talking about right now, today. What's he doing? What's he doing today going forward? You do, do Does anyone here think he's still a great coach currently? Greg, do you? Uh, great coach? No. I think he's a, he, he's a good coach. Is he better than a lot of coaches in this league? Yes, but to me, this question is moot. Bill is not going... At 71, going to be 72 years old, all of a sudden agree to for Robert to you know breach his contract and have somebody else pick the players for him that he has to coach. It's not happening. I could see it, it would be like one of these players who wouldn't take a deal from his current team, uh, but he would do it elsewhere. I could see Bill more likely doing it in like Dallas or something like that for somebody else, but here... There's not a chance in hell that Bill Belichick is agreeing to have somebody else pick his players. So I don't understand why we even ask this question. Agreed. I'm with you. Ray and Revere, go Ray. I think that um, sponge bath at Rich Eisen is the last time I'm going to get it from Robert Kraft. And it's too bad the big boy didn't get a hold of him. Guys, I think it's, it's an insult to the fan base that he's just going to go silent and let us sit through these last eight games and talk about possibilities. Bill Belichick is not worth a high draft pick, and it's absurd to think that he's holding out for that. Thanks, fellas. Well, we'll see. I while, mean, if I'm the – go ahead, Greg. While I would love Robert to come out and talk right now, it's just he's he's not going to do it. Like, I, I don't blame him for doing it. Like, what's the upside of Robert coming out 
and talking right now. He should talk immediately after the season is over, as soon as he makes a decision on Belichick. But, you know, they're in the middle of a football season. I, I, I don't – you tell me. What's the upside of Robert coming out right now? I mean, what's he going to say? That I'm firing well, Bill he, at the in, in the season? No. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sitting here saying – you know, I don't think we've done it. I don't know if Maz has said it. I haven't said it. I don't need to hear from him. I mean, he can if he wants. Uh, but no, I don't think that's a big issue right now. That Kraft's not talking. I think he's saying a lot by not, you know, by not saying anything. Frankly, I think we understand what's going on there. I mean, yep. if there was a chance that this was going to, you know, continue, I think he'd be out there giving Bill some support out there, and he's giving him nothing. It's zero. So I think that that's telling in and of itself. Uh, Brian in Rhode Island, go ahead, Brian. How's it going? I want to talk about Bedard's three duds. I mean, we got to hold the players accountable. Enough with the coaches, it's the players. Mac Jones, especially. Okay, I mean, it's it's fair. I mean, I, you know, a lot of times when we do this, I mean, we've been talking three up, three down, and the players all season, and you know, we we continue to do it. We'll continue to do it. But this, as sort of a bye week, um, you know, I decided to go in a different direction, and I'm I'm sorry, even. Even if I did it, Mac Jones wouldn't have been on my three-down list. I mean, he just – the way he's graded out over the season has been n- not great. But to me, uh, you know, the offensive line, uh, you know, there are certain issues on, on defense as well. He's been a big problem, there's no doubt. But I right. just think, to me, the the personnel on this team, the reason this team is 2-8 and eight is not because of the quarterback. It's because of personnel. It's because of the offensive line. And I think that uh, – you know the the job that the wide receivers done has not been up to NFL standards. How many players have underachieved versus they just suck? You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like, is is Cole Strange underachieving, or is he not very good? You know, um, there's no to, question uh, that he shouldn't have been drafted in the first round. I to, think we we now have that answer. He's he was maybe a second. Most likely a third-round pick that they picked in the first round. Mike, to your point, like when we were doing the three-up, three-down, I was inclined to put Devontae Parker on there, and then I went, he sucks. Like, you know, what can I expect from him? He blows. He's gutless. He doesn't compete. Like, so uh, I, I understand your question and your point is all I'm saying. That yeah, a, lot of is, the, a lot of these guys aren't very good. Is Juju Smith-Schuster being poorly coached by Troy Brown? Is he underachieving or is he cashed? Is he cash because he's he's banged up one? He's kind of old, number two, and learning his third system or whatever. Like, I mean, what should they really been expecting from Juju Smith-Schuster? I mean, I don't know. I bet there's a bunch of guys like yeah, that. Yeah, but I, I will say tell. that I, I've seen Patriots teams in certain areas with a lot less talent that they've done a lot, lot more with. I mean, you know, well, just look well, at the defense in 2011. I mean, you know, they, the talent level. I mean, I don't think Bill's changed a lot at all. In terms of the players he brings in and his attitude towards certain things, he just he had Brady that covered up everything, and he had elite coaches around him that could coach up the crap that he brought in. We continue with your thoughts with Greg Bedard. Uh, we have a 90-second update. There are no commercials, and we're right back. Do you own a business? You can now offer your employees health benefits, such as no-cost doctor's office visits and free prescriptions for just $35 per employee. River Health is a subscription plan that offers affordable health benefits to companies of all sizes. Tap the banner to learn more about why Fortune 500 companies and small businesses trust River Health with offering health benefits to their employees. Or visit riverhealth.com to get started. Five times your money this basketball season. 
Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. B-Pod Studios. The Felger Mass Podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. To me, the whole thing with the finger under between the legs, antiquated, archaic, and weird. I mean, the whole thing is freaking silly. It's Felger and Mass, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Jonathan you know. gets very uh, vocal, very vocal. Oh, in the box? He was just not happy. With who? Who was he so not he happy with? So he was very mad. Two times, he was very mad. They didn't have a returner on one of the punt yeah. rushes. They were trying to block the punt. Yeah, they had him pinned. So he was too. pissed. He was like, why the f*** don't we have a returner back there? Yeah. This is stupid. The ball's going to get pinned down there, and we're going to be on the well, one-yard line. It was punted from the 10, and it went all the way to like the 15. He was the so 15. pissed. Yeah. He yeah. was so pissed. Flip field positions. Yeah, he was so pissed. And I don't know what. He was just like, this is, I'm so, he was just. Mr. Kraft is pretty even keel, though, Robert. But then what was the other one that he was mad at? Uh, inter- I mean, he was pissed at the interception. Yeah. No. He just was like. That's Rob uh, Nikovich on the uh, Dan O'Brien. I have that right. Dan O'Brien podcast. Keeping it awesome. That guy. Oh, Do you guys know what I'm talking yeah, about? I know, I know yeah, the no. Kia dealer, but I didn't know that that's what that was from. If you watch sports in Boston, yeah, how do you not know, like, keeping it awesome? Yeah, the commercial's on all the time. You know what I'm talking about, man? Yeah. No, I, I guess I don't. The guy with the beard, keeping it awesome. Keeping it awesome. No, no idea. Now you'll, how could you possibly, how can you watch sports I in tune Boston? out. I switch the channel. Yeah, you know what I, I do? I look at my phone. Of, I do a lot of that, too. Yeah, I do. I tune out. Well, but. Just by osmosis, are you like on some well, fancy I'm, app or stream where you don't get the same commercials? No, I obviously watch the games. I have no idea who they're keeping it off. Why would I is. eagerly watch some car commercial if I don't need it's a car? It's not eagerly what you just can't help, but I, I can name you 50 commercials yeah, right. that we're forced to sit through and watch just because we watch sports. I'll talk to my wife. I'll talk to my kids during the commercial. Like, do you just sit there in solitude and watch all these games? Like, is yeah. the wood yeah. anywhere? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay, well, that must be it. I yeah. can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, that's what yeah. I do actually. Yeah, thank I clock, I close the door, and yeah, that's there you go. pretty much it. It's true, the Commander. I have anyway, no, it's like when you went over the Jason Tatum commercials. I'm like, oh yeah, I think I saw that one. <laughs> no, there's, I, I can give you every Jason Tatum commercial. And there's there's a new one every day. Anyway, <laughs> that was Ninkovich, uh, Jonathan Kraft, storming around the press box there in Germany. So like. You know, this is another thing, Greg. Like the the ownership has been huffing and puffing now for a while, and that some of it they do publicly, and some of us they let us know, and some of us kind of tacit, like you know, the press release at the end of the regular season last year that you know we're 
it's not acceptable where we finished and we're going to be doing things to affect change. And they put out the release about Bill O'Brien and Gerard Mayo and that's sort of like public posturing. Mm-hmm. And then there's some behind-the-scenes stuff, like, you know, Jeff Howell writes a column about the crafts will fire him. You know that that's some sort, of, some sort of green lighting going on. So there's a lot of huffing and puffing going on there by ownership. It, it, it's getting to the point where, you know, don't tell me, don't tell me to pull the, you know, pull the football away again and just talk tough and not do anything. Like it almost feels like a fait accompli at this point. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that you know, all the things you laid out in 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 terms of you know how they've reacted to the season or not reacted to the season, it it, it makes me believe in more and more that last they looked at last season as Bill's mulligan. What he did with the coaching staff, they were just like, all right, Bill, if you think so, okay, all right, go ahead and do it. And then they talked after the season, and Bill's like, I, I screwed that up. Uh, I'm going to fix it. We're, we're going to help you. We're going to bring, bring in Billy O'Brien, but don't touch 2024. And fine, you can do it. We don't think this team's very good. We don't think you're going to do it, but go ahead. We'll give you one more shot. You earned it. Go ahead. And I think, I think that Jonathan's reactions, whether it's uh, we're just not very good or, you know, we're bad, uh, you know, like Ninkovich said, I think to me it's just him, them saying like, we knew this wasn't going any place, but okay, now we're coming to the end of it. Well, I, I just on that last point, I mean, I, I, I think they're letting their anger out, but didn't they think they were going to be pretty good? Like, wasn't that the word coming from the building and ownership? Maz, I see you nodding your head already. Like, uh, like we'd heard that from more than one place that they actually thought they were going to be pretty I good. I heard that from, that was more football operations. That was more the front office. Now, I don't know what, I know Robert came out and said what he said, but I mean, what else is he going to do? He's there to sell the program. He has to sell tickets. He has to sell beers. He has to sell interest in the team. So, of course, he's going to come out and say, like, I kind of like how everyone's picking us in last place, even though everybody right. was right at this point. That, But I, I kind of like it. We're underdogs. You know, it's sort of like, uh, you know, 2001 all over again. You know, that sort of thing. And I, I just don't think they believed it. I'll tell you what. I do think they believed it, at least on some level. They didn't expect this. There's no way they expected this. Because if they did, they wouldn't have allowed it. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, that's number one. And number two... Kraft likes Mac Jones. So I think he looked at the whole Bill O'Brien thing and said, well, we got to get Mac back on the beam, and Bill O'Brien will take care of that. And he deluded himself into thinking that with a real offensive coordinator, Mac Jones would be better, completely ignoring all the other issues. So I th- I don't, I'm not telling you they expected a Super Bowl. I think they expected to go 10-7, and seven, maybe make the playoffs. All right, let's grab a few calls before we do our 10 questions with Bedard. Here's Danny in Bellingham. Yes, Daniel. Yeah, so I hear people saying that if you get rid of Bill and you want to start fresh, you can't go with Mayo. Um, But Mayo's a smart guy. Do we know for sure that Mayo hasn't been playing ball and doing what he's got to do to secure himself this this job, but he's not Bill 2.0? Maybe he's got a different philosophy and a different approach. Do we know that if Mayo takes a job, it's just going to be more of what we've been seeing? And that he's not going to do things a little differently well, and approach. It's things definitely different. not going to be the same. It's definitely not going to be the same. They're not going to give him the job just to someone who's yeah, I'm going to try and do everything that Bill did. Like they're trying, they're going to try and break from that in some way, shape, or form. But Greg, how do you think Mayo is different or the same as Bill? So we sort of talked about this before. I, I think that you know, in my talks with people, I think the way that they view Mayo is similar to the how they viewed Bill when he was here as an assistant coach. That that you know they liked a lot of good things about Bill Parcells, 
but Bill uh, Bill Parcells had a blind spot for, and this this went on wherever he was, and when he had personnel power, he had no idea about the salary cap and things like that, and had a had a you know evaluate put a valuation on players, and Bill was sort of a next step up from that. That Bill got all the football stuff, had to win, had to deal with players, but he also understood the salary cap and player valuation. I think they view Mayo very much the same as the good parts of Bill, but perhaps that he has a he has a different mind about how a team needs to be built in the modern age with offense. How much of a factor is defense and special teams? I think they I don't know the answers to this, but I think they view Mayo as as Bill, the the next level of Bill, and Mike, that's what yeah. we're, that's what worries me. Just quickly, because it, if that's what they want, in other words, if Mayo fits a profile, I don't know how different that is going to be. And I, I, like I, I was just calling up the Volan story from today because yes. it had that comment from Kraft where he says, and he's talking about Belichick here, but he says to be good in the business of football today, and good to me is not being good one year, but trying to sustain it. You have to understand economics, and you have to understand value. Okay, that's Kraft's comment. Why would that be different now? Like, I don't think it would be. I no, think so they like they they like Mayo because they think he understands value investing exactly. And so, how different is it really going to? I mean, I, from a team building standpoint, Maz, I think you're dead on. You know, I've said this a million times. I think they're going to spend this off season because they want to turn this thing around and they certainly haven't spent the last couple of years and they want to get the new guy off on the right foot. So I think they're going to spend this off season, but long-term how they're going to manage their business. This is it. And that's not just a Belichick thing. That's a craft thing. See, hang on. I I disagree a bit with that because I don't think it's just, you you can compare the same thing. I mean, that was a statement. I assume it was Oh seven. Okay. Yeah. And, And so, they saw the way the league was going and sort of the weakness in the league at the t- at that time, which the Patriots attacked better than anybody and, and was a big reason why they won Super Bowls, is that they understood the ramifications of the salary cap. You still oh, had... No, I, Mike, 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 just let me finish, okay? Garbage. Just let me finish. Thank you. Uh, so, no, in terms of they could gain a little bit of an edge. I'm not talking about this is the reason why they did it, but there were at that time in the early 2000s, there were a lot of holdovers from when they didn't even have a salary cap at all. And a lot of teams had not caught up to the, uh, the, the, the weaknesses in the system. And the Patriots were able to exploit that a little bit, a little bit. Okay. And, and, you know, getting, uh, I'm not going to get into it because I know I know Felger's attitude on it, but I think at the time they were correct, and I think it, it helped them build what they became. But the economics have changed; like the, it's not the same economic uh, structure in the NFL as it was back then in the early 2000s as it is 20 years later. And okay, so you Greg, need to think in, in a different way. I agree with you. Yes, you want to go back to 2000. Yes, yes. Free agent, you know, the current CBA, well, when was, remember, like, Plan B free agency? That was, like, 94 or something, mm-hmm. whatever. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, yes, B, that, right. that, that was in its infancy. You're right. Okay, so if you want to go take me back to 2000, 2001, I'll grant you that. By the time we got to 2012 and Robert's like, well, we ought to have a classy solution and Tom has to leave money on the mail, give me a break. I agree. I, I, I agree with you on that. You know, I, I, I just think that that saved the owner some money or they had to spend on the coach or whatever. Right. But, but the... the, the Go ahead. But but the landscape has changed to where now, like, 
everybody has smart front offices. Everybody's caught up. Everybody's right. dealing from the same free agency. You're like you're not tabbing Mike Vrabel anymore. That guy has already been identified by analytics in every single team. So you can't find those small uh you know wins for you. And so now it's more about like you know, you look at the Chiefs, you look at the the Eagles, you look at all the teams, the 49ers, the cap tricks that they are doing, you have to do that now. Bill doesn't want to do it. You know, and I know you're going to say the crafts have something to do with it. You could very well be right. But if you are not going to arm yourself economically how to compete with these teams now, then you're not going to win. And maybe Mayo thinks of it that way from his time in modern business that he is capable of doing that and, and helping the Patriots compete because right now they are not competing on that p- part of the, the game in the NFL, and it's become a big part of it. I agree with that 100%. If Gerard Mayo can get him to spend money, I'm in. Uh, Ten questions with the big boy right after this. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Driving you home and driving you crazy. No one has any idea what the hell that means, but that's what that means. It's Velger and Mass on the Sports Hub. You want the answer? You've got to ask the question. Do you have an opinion based on if you had to go with your gut, what, which way it would go? Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why, 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 why? This is 10 Questions with Greg Bedard and Felger and Mass on 98.5, the Sports Hub. All right, 10 questions, 10 minutes. we got to stay on time. Uh, Kevin, what are our buzzer options? He seems to get it off more quickly. Nice. Nuts and bolts, we got screwed. <laughs> Oldie but a goodie. He's a Don't you understand? Throw a flag! More of that coming your way uh, tomorrow for the annual You know what's not calls. sexy? Sucking. Sucking is not sexy. Mortal words of Maz. Yes, next. Last one here. Pyrotechnics. <laughs> All right, Kev, hit it. He seems to get it off more quickly. Greg, do you believe quarterback play at the NFL level is a major problem? The play is, but not the talent. I think the talent is off the charts. Oh, that's it? That's your whole answer? Yes. Oh. Because there's more questions coming. Yeah. It's a good. It's good. Go ahead. No, no, I do not feel that quarterback play is a problem. Yes, obviously. Some guys are so bad they're unwatchable. Zach Wilson, Kenny Pickett, Mac Jones, whoever the Giants spin the wheel and land on, Garoppolo and healthy, any Bears quarterback, the entire NFC self, all trash. Next. Nuts and bolts, we got screwed. So then what's the problem, big boy? 
couple different things to me. The offensive line play in this league is awful. I mean, from, you know, and it starts in college where they're not getting coached enough. Uh, they're more interested in recruiters than, than coaches. They don't really get developed at the college level. Then they come up here. They don't have enough practice time. Uh, and the coaching is is bad in the NFL, I think, on the offensive line as a whole. And then the other thing, and, and I heard this from – I posed this question to an NFL executive – and they said that the you know the schemes that they are bringing more and more to the NFL level that in college it works because most of the time it's a talent disparity you know in every game that you're you're going up against but in the NFL these schemes if you have a you know a good defense and a really good coach they're easy to defend i mean you look at the like look at the chiefs you know what they did to the eagles and the dolphins in recent weeks i wouldn't say the chiefs have uh, unbelievable talent like on defense, but they have spags and spat. You give these guys an off season to get ready for this stuff. They know how to shut it down. So I think the biggest problem, I, I said this yesterday. I just think there's so many injuries at quarterback to key guys that it's affected the position. 60% hard offensive play, uh, off to offensive line play, 30% terrible coaching, 5% idiot refs getting in the way, negating big plays with either holding or illegal man downfield, 5% stone handed receivers. There you go. There's the problems. Okay. Is talent a problem at receiver, Big Jim? I mean, uh, at quarterback, Big Jim? Uh, yeah, there's that too. So I'm with Bedard on his first point. To me, the talent's absolutely there. I, I mean, I don't know how there can't be talent there. They get, guys have never been bigger, faster. They've never trained harder. They've never gotten more coaching at the youth level all the way up. You know what I mean, Greg? Like, yep. It doesn't add up that the position would be so glamorous that makes so much money. Everyone wants to be a quarterback. When everyone's eight years old, they try and be a quarterback. It gets coached. The schemes are there. Every grade school, Pop Warner, junior highs playing spread offense, throwing the ball. You look around college, there's amazing athletes all over the place. And you get to the NFL and everyone sucks. That does not add up. And it's not It's not a talent thing. It's everything else. I'm with you. I, I do think what part of the problem is that um, these guys are being played way too soon. And, you know, it used to be, I mean, you know, you know, look at Brady sat like, you know, a lot, you know, Breeze, I think sat a a lot of guys like they're they're being rushed because there is the the tease of the one year turnaround. Like this guy is going to change everything and, and guys are trying to preserve their jobs or keep their jobs. So they're pushing these quarterbacks in and they're just not ready. I like to grab shorter answers better. Next. Eat it, Maz. What's the solution? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I I think that I I think that there's just you know they need to have coaching staffs together longer. There needs to be more patience uh, around the league. But of course, that's never going to happen. So I really don't know. I'm not telling you I like it. I bet you there's a rules change coming that we haven't even thought of yet. I think Greg touched on it. GMs and teams got to be more responsible on draft day. Stop overvaluing quarterbacks, drafting guys too high, hoping they're going to be like the great white hope and the next Patrick Mahomes, and then rushing these guys into playing the toughest position in sports. Next. You know what's not sexy? Sucking. Sucking is not sexy. Serious question. Should you put flags on them? Do you think they will? Do you think the league will ultimately put flags on the quarterbacks? I'm not ruling it out. I I think it's... I think it's something interesting to look at. And, you know, the owners could get that desperate. I mean, with the amount of, you know, Joe Burrow being out this year. I mean, it doesn't help anybody. I think they they're, they will consider that at some point in time. I really do. If they do it, they'll kill the sport. Yeah, I'm with Maz on this. You can't, if you can't tackle the quarterback, it's going to be impossible to play defense, and no one's going to want to watch that crap. Just pull well, the flag. 
what, what if you say they can't run? You know, I mean, look, they already do it with kickers and punters. You can't touch those guys. And it's, I don't think it's that big of a leap for them to start doing it with quarterbacks. If you go, if you go past the line of scrimmage, game on. If you're behind the line, you know something like that. Like I, I, I said this before. I'll say it again. Our kids will watch NFL football with flags on the quarterback's hips. That's coming. Uh, next, pyrotechnics. Thoughts on the firing of Matt Canada in Pittsburgh? <laughs> go back and rewind our show from before the Patriots played the Steelers in Week Two last, last year. year? Yeah, I took one look at that offense. I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is not a pro offense. It is not going to work. This is a joke. I can't believe it lasted that long. I'm eager to see what the uh, Steelers do. My guess is that uh, if you know they try to copy Bill Belichick, they'll make their defensive coordinator, Terrell Austin, the OC. <laughs> it was time. Kenny Pickett's not all that good, but if you watch any Steelers game, and there's a lot of their games on prime time, you can understand why their fans are pissed. Every pass doesn't go downfield. It's either sideways, and the guy loves to run countless jet sweeps. He was a moron. Next, tool bag question. He seems to get it off more quickly. The tool bag question is this. Who is currently the biggest tool bag coach in the NFL? Brandon Staley, with all his coaching decisions, then his post-game press conference the other day. What a tool. Brandon Staley, snap on tool. Belichick, worn out is welcome, still insufferable anytime he's in front of a microphone, exposed as a fraud without Brady more and more each week. Belichick, definitely top three. Next. Did uh, Number four, did last night's game say more about Philly or more about Kansas City? Kansas City, for sure. I mean, they, you know, they had they had total command of that game, and they could, couldn't put it away because they they couldn't manufacture enough offense, and they're, you know, two red zone uh, turnovers. Chiefs, my husband cannot throw the ball and catch the ball. <laughs> Kansas City and their collection of stone-headed slobs at wide receiver. <laughs> so leads to the next question. Go ahead. You know what's not sexy? Sucking. Sucking is not sexy. Who should Patrick Mahomes be most frustrated with this morning? Brett Veach, the DM of the Chiefs. I mean, you can't find any capable wide receivers anywhere that can just catch the ball from Patrick Mahomes. That's all you need. Just guys who can catch the ball. Ownership and management, that is a disgrace. When you have a generational player like you have and you don't give him the weaponry, that is embarrassing. Yeah, it's Chiefs ownership. I mean, that thing last night is Shades of 2013 and why Tom Brady finished his career in Tampa and not here in Foxborough. There's no rumblings yet of a rift between Mahomes and organ- the organization, the GM, the coach, but that's the ingredients. That's how you start. That's how you get to that point. 2013, well, I, you know, 06 is always the year I remember where they let Branch and Givens go, and it was Rache Caldwell, and what was 2013? I don't remember. Kembrell, Tompkins, Dobson. I mean, there was, a, there was a lot of slobs there, too. 06, sure. I mean, that's the number one, but 2013, I mean, you look at that oh, roster. No. They, t- yep. Go good. Yeah, they did it to Brady a couple times. Yeah. You know, we're paying you. We're not paying anybody. I like that. They're doing the same crap to Patrick Mahomes. Next. Nuts and bolts. We got screwed. Okay, Greg, the tush push. It continues to grow on me. I was rooting for it last night. That that, that one that they executed last night was, I, I, I think, an absolute force of nature. I used to hate the thing. I used to think it should be outlawed. I like it more and more by the day. How about you? That's uh, I hate it. I mean, it's for for the Eagles. It's too automatic, and I don't know. I don't know how you combat it. Like, I mean, they're gonna. It got to the point. I was having a conversation with my son when he was like, "Do you think they could just tush push it from the ten yard line on on first down?" And I said, "Yeah, they probably could." That's what 
it's going to evolve into. Is that what you want in the NFL? Well, I, then how come no one else can do it? Uh, because they don't have the offensive line. Ah! <laughs> Go ahead, man. Because <laughs> they can't do it. So, honestly, I'd run it more if I were them. They won't. But they can get three or four yards every time they want. It's unbelievable. I don't want to see it outlawed. I like it because only one team can still pull it off. And if all 32 teams collectively were doing it, it'd be annoying. But they can't, and they and they won't. So it's just the Eagles. So I don't mind it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, if I, I don't need 30. If you know, if there were half a dozen teams doing it, you know, a handful of teams, and I, I just had to see it to, or you know, it was something that was perfected across the league. I would say, okay, it's one team. And it's a it is a force of nature. I mean that thing like that did that gained four yards on the goal line. They get better at it, like every. I week. mean, they, they are absolutely getting better at it. It feels like they're closer. They're more closely bunched together. They're all up each other's ass. Like it's just, it's incredible. I, I think it's an incredible football play. I've like totally flipped on the thing. Their, their offensive linemen. They always seem to run it to the left side, the center, and the guard. It's Kelsey, and I can't remember what the guard's name is. They're like they're like moles. They dig into the ground. It's unbelievable. <laughs> All right, last one. He seems to get it off more quickly. So uh, obviously, last night was a Super Bowl rematch. I ask you, going forward, what would be the best, most inning, uh, entertaining Super Bowl matchup we could ask for? Niners Dolphins. I want the Sh- Shanahan Bowl. Kyle Shanahan and his uh, protege Mike McDaniel. I gotta go Dallas Kansas City. Can't yeah, my Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, oh. Dallas. Yeah, Dallas is a big so market. Boring. Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Sorry, I thought that was you that said that, but your lips aren't moving. It was the big boy. That was weird. I was like looking at Murray going, how did he say that? No, I got the idea of, first of all, the AFC is Mahomes. It's got to be the rest of the AFC. So I'll take Mahomes and the Cowboys. That'd be pretty good. I like Mahomes, but I'm a little tired of the Chiefs overall. So I'll go Ravens, Eagles, two tough teams, two good quarterbacks. That's what I want to see. I like the Dolphins. I think that'd be a nice change of pace to have them in there. KC Dolphins, how's that? All right, right back to your phones, I promise. That's the AFC Championship game, buddy. Yeah. Oh, did I just say that? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> How about, okay, Miami, Miami, Philly, whatever. Uh, sorry. Here comes the headlines, and we're right back. Don't go anywhere. Pete Dr. Portrayal. I didn't see it coming. Life can be so unpredictable. After losing my dad, it made me think about my family if something were to happen to me. The mortgage, car payments, and all the other bills. Even things like our annual summer vacation would be out of reach. I had heard about life insurance through Ethos and how easy it was to get coverage. They were right. I knew it was time to stop putting it off and get life insurance right now. I got on my computer and went to ethoslife.com. In just 10 minutes, I was covered. And boom, family protected. Thanks to Ethos, my family won't have to worry about the bills if the unpredictable happens to me. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's E-T-H-O-S life dot com slash audio. Belger and Maz continue on the Sports Hub. Second down and 10. Good protection aired out. Valdez Scantling dropped it. (laughs) 
Well, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, who can just flat out fly, he lines up in the slot. He gets matched up one-on-one -on, -one on Bradley Roby. And Roby, there are not many guys who can run with this guy. And Roby cannot. And that ball was perfect. And just, again, another drop by the Chiefs receivers. Absolutely the story of that ball game last night. Valdez Scantling. I'll tell you, even the fourth and twenty-five they should have had. Mahomes yes. just about picked that up. I thought that guy was that, early. I thought the defensive back was early. I think they, still, the receiver should have acted more. If he was like, yeah. but it was right. in his hands. It was, it was that was Watson, I think. I mean, he just yeah. about got that one. All right, back to your phones here on everything as promised. Dakota and Braintree, what do you got, Dakota? Greg, great job this season. It took you a while to come around, but I'm happy for you. Happy Thanksgiving. You realize that Mac Jones cannot play for the New England Patriots. I just grade the film, bud. I, I get it, but it took you a while to get there. You should have just been watching the film with me last year, and then you would have already been there. That doesn't um, sound fun. One quick thing about the running back, like the quarterbacks wearing flags before I get to the Patriots. The running backs, don't forget, used to get paid in this league, and then they kept getting hurt, and then they became like nothing, an afterthought. Quarterbacks may go the same route, and if you're looking at it now, there's only really a few good quarterbacks that you want to put franchise money into. So the quarterbacks might go the way of paying like they do running backs. As it relates to Bill Belichick, I think you guys are looking at it all wrong. And what I mean by this, it has come out recently that Robert Kraft had very, very high influence on drafting Mac Jones. Can we all agree now that it's kind of surfaced, the mouthpieces out there say Kraft influenced that pick? I'm not agreeing. Yes. Not, uh, what, I, Mike? I mean, I think he did. Me too. Okay. All right. So you guys were saying there's no way Bill's going to agree to letting him not have some general managing decisions, right? That's what you guys think? That's what I think. I, yeah. I think it's the other way. I think if I'm Bill, I'm telling Bob, get out of here. Get out of the room. Don't tell me who I need to draft. Don't tell me who I can and can't sign. Give me your checkbook. Let me build the roster. I think Kraft is the one meddling, and Bill's fed up with it. That's what I think, and I think you guys have it wrong. Okay, well, I bet it's both ways. I mean, my guess is Bill hasn't been able to spend the way he wants to spend, and he's bit his tongue about it, and it seeps out. You know, we're the, the lowest spending team in the league the last three years. He said this last year, so it's, it's crept out. I think it's gone both ways. I think Bill gets frustrated looking at his facilities. And he travels to some of these other teams, and, oh, my God, look at the facilities. Look at these weight rooms. Look at this place. So the Taj Mahal of this. And I think he's tacitly calling out Robert Kraft for what he spends on his football uh, facilities. And I think he's tacitly called out Kraft. And not a lot, but it's just seeped out on what Kraft has spent on his roster. So I think it cuts both ways. I think Kraft looks at Bill and says, we drafted who? Who, who did we take? Who Nikhil Harry? And 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 Bill probably looks at Robert and says, "Well, if it wasn't on a shoestring budget, maybe it wouldn't be you know the, yeah, all this." I bet it goes back and forth. Uh, how about Don and Carver? He's been waiting patiently. Go ahead, Don. A horrible display of ignorance by uh, Belichick today. I've been a card carrying member of and Bill we trust for for many many years, and it slowly eroded to the point where today. <laughs> I don't know whether I'm just uh, in, in a grumpy mood, but I'm telling you, I, I thought it was a spit in the eye for every fan, uh, every season ticket holder, every part of the organization. Just a horrible, horrible press conference. And this, this guy is just ignorant into what his responsibilities are. 
I mean, it's that's, that's it's it. crazy that he's still at it. You know, he's still at it. And the thing is, is his quote like about you know uh, what was his first getting everybody quote? ready. Yeah, it wasn't even about the quarterbacks. He meant we're getting every. He, I think he said we're getting every player ready to go. Well, it was the, the answer to every, but it was, it would start out about the quarterback. I mean, it was every question. Yeah, but the way about. he, he answers everything, there's a reason why he answers things the way that he does. And he said, Bill, has a decision been made on the starting quarterback for this weekend? I've told all the players the same thing. Be ready to go. So hopefully they will be. Yeah. And just quickly, the caller said ignorant. I think he's arrogant. I don't think he's ignorant. You know, Bill's not stupid or unaware. He's just, you know. He just refuses to play the game because he'd rather tell you to go F off. <laughs> but it's just even to the last, even to his last dying breath, he's doing that thing. It's crazy. Mike and Andover. Go ahead, Mike, on the tush push. Thank you, Michael, Tony, Jim, and Greg. Um, love this show with the big boy every Tuesday. Um, tush push, just a quick one. Um, for those of you who missed the Rugby World Cup that just happened uh, just recently, it is a direct der- uh, derivation from um, a, a ruck that forms close to the goal line. Um, a rolling mall um, ensues. And if you want to see some teams that actually uh, do it to perfection, South Africa, New Zealand, Ireland, okay. Australia. Okay, Mike, I, I, I have no interest in watching rugby. Come on, Mike, get on it. <laughs> we we get I, that it's I, a your back, fortress of solitude. Bring back Nate Ebner. I understand it's a rugby play, too. But it's obviously legal within the rules of football. And if this was something the Patriots were doing, oh, my God. Oh, yes. Can you imagine what would be going on around here? And the the ensuing persecution complex that people would be playing up about it. So, you know, fair is fair. If you came up with this one and were able to execute it and no one else were, you'd be pounding the crap out of it and be celebrating it. You know you would. Buying T-shirts. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Marching in the streets is what you would be doing. Uh, we'll wrap it up with your calls with Bedard in a long commercial-free segment next. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding expectations, simplifying lives, and establishing legacies that last for generations. Leverage their exclusive network of experts to help achieve your personal and professional financial goals. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect to a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. We're back with more Felger and Mads. I, I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. Yeah. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. Why not? And ho- Why not? I think the coaching isn't as, as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. Mm-hmm. So I just think the product, in my opinion is less than what it's been, I think. I look at a lot of players like Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and Ronnie Lott and guys that impacted the game in in a certain way, and every hit they would have made would have been a penalty. Mm. You hear coaches complaining about their own player being tackled and not necessarily, why don't they talk to their player about how to protect themselves? We used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time. Now they're trying to be regulated all the time. Offensive players need to protect themselves. It's not up to a defensive player to protect the offensive player. A defensive player needs to protect himself. I didn't throw the ball to certain areas because I was afraid players were going to get knocked out. Mm -hmm. That's the reality. I didn't throw it to the middle when I played Ray Lewis because you knock him out of the game and I couldn't afford to lose a good player.
That was Brady with uh, Stephen A. And we, I've been very critical of Brady with his commentary. I think he blows as a commentator. And so he gave you something approaching usable material there. Not a bad opinion, good, hard opinion, critical of the game. So I'll give him a half measure of credit for that, Maz. But you know what his criticism lacked? Tell me what his criticism lacked. Naming names. A name. Perfect. Thank you. A name. A name, Murray. Precisely. So generically, Brady, you know, we'll talk about football and coaching and development. But he he didn't. The only names he named were in praise, were in praise of Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and those players. He didn't name names. And I'm sorry, until he does that, he's going to be worthless as a commentator. If he's sitting there watching a football game and a player blows a play, is he going to call him on it? And if he can't, you're, there's no point in watching you or listening to you. But that wasn't a horrible, you know, that wasn't a horrible bit of commentary. Do you agree with it, Greg? Do you agree with him? Yeah, largely, especially about, uh, you know, the first part and, you know, the coaching and the precision and things like that. But, I, you know, the defensive stuff... I don't know how relevant that is in terms of the overall like league play that guys can't hit guys in the helmet or you know to, you know make it fearful to go over the middle. Does that really affect the the bottom line product of today's game? I, I don't think so. I I disagree with that. I think it's more about you know the offense, the the quarterbacks playing earlier than than normal, the schemes, the bad coaching. Uh, the offensive line play, the offensive line coaching. To to me, that's what more about <clears throat> where the NFL. To me, you know, sitting at home watching some of the games this weekend on the bye week, I thought the I thought the game was horrible. I I thought the whole Sunday was awful football. Can I say right message, wrong guy to say it? Because like the him whining about some of the quarterback play. I mean, he invented the art of being the diva QB, and you couldn't breathe on him or hit him without him. Looking at a ref whining about a flag. I mean, he's my favorite player ever, but I mean, that did happen. So I get his point. I get his frustration, but it, coming from him and some of the stuff he said, it's like, oh, come on, man. So the other thing that I, I like, I just didn't find like there was anything all that new or insightful in what he said. And I understand your point. Like, at least he said something that was critical about the sport, but it wasn't like I listened to him and said, oh, there's something nobody else has said. Like, there's some insight I wasn't going to get anywhere else. I still feel like he kind of sucks at it. <laughs> I do. Well, for him, uh, that was a uh, departure. For him, that was a little something. Oh, so, I'll, like I said, because I'm fair, I'll give him a little bit of credit for at least saying something that makes you stop for at least a half a second. All right, uh, let's grab a couple more calls here before we say goodbye to the big boy. Unless, uh, Greg, is there anything uh, you want to get to that we haven't gotten to today? Uh, not so far. Okay, Mark and Attleboro. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, you guys keep trashing on Mac Jones. What about the offensive line? Pick them apart. Uh, oh, I think well, we have I been, think right? I've done that sufficiently today. Bigger problem this year, offensive line or Mac Jones? Offensive line. And, and I would say that it's not specific to Mac Jones. I would say this for, you know, a lot of teams in the league, a lot of quarterbacks that, you know, if you have a better offensive line, if you invest in the offensive line, I mean, just for example, like Maz and I were talking about this off air about, you know, I'm probably drafting a tackle in the first round if I'm the Patriots. Why? Because Belichick has ne- neglected the position. As of right now, you have to bring Trent Brown back to be your left tackle because you have nothing. 
<sighs> and this has been a, a problem for years, and, and he it just refused to draft somebody that you could develop and put there. And so to me, it's it's you know, the offensive line around the league that you can you can play, you can protect your quarterback, make them comfortable, but you can also win in different ways, including running the ball. Joe in Florida, go ahead, please. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, you know, I'm, I'm listening to the show today, and people are still calling up saying, you know, Bill Belichick's the greatest of all time, and I got this card, this last guy's like, I got this Bill We Trust card. You know, you guys have talked about it more recently, his record without Tom's. I mean, I just find it insane. It's kind of like swimming in a – trying to bathe in a pool of urine when you say that. He is not the best coach of all time. It was Tom Brady – that nonsense has to bleep and stop. Merry Christmas, boys. Okay. Merry Christmas to you and your pool of urine. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quite get the reference, but you, you, uh, you know what I mean. Mike in Connecticut. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, guys. Now, this may be implausible, but hear me out. Um, if You said that Bill wants to stick at the craft. How great would it be with him, with Aaron Rodgers, and that defense rolling through our division? It makes sense because Jets need to coach. Bill loves Aaron. He's so good. Slurp, slurp, slurp. You know me. So that would definitely stick it to Kraft. I just I don't see it. Greg, do you have a comment on that? Uh, Kraft would never let that happen. Bob and Needham, go ahead, Bob. Yeah, Greg. The you know the part of the I think the problem with these uh, you know the injuries and everything else about the sloppy play is the way they have training camp now and the practices. They don't yep. do anything they used to do. There's no hitting. There's no nothing. They just have glorified walkthroughs. So the, the the sport is obviously going to be you know go down because they don't do what they used to do. They, okay, I'm going to stop you, Matt. You're shaking your head. Why? Because everybody has the same rules, and there are other teams that can block. Like, th- this one drives me a little crazy, and I understand you're talking about the overall quality of the product in the right. game, mm-hmm. but the idea that the Patriots, are, and, and I'm reacting a little bit in something that, you know, I can't remember who said it, it might have been with regard to Mike Reese, maybe on the midday show, I think they were talking about offensive line play, and Reese was talking about how the Patriots offensive line, he said, well, the rules are different. That doesn't explain the other 31 teams, not that they all have good offensive lines, but you get the idea. It's the same deal. They don't have talent, and their coaching sucks. It's both. So it's not why you suck, but I do think it's a fair commentary on the sport. I'm with Greg. Uh, I mean, I missed the big hits over the middle from Rodney Harrison, but I don't think that's contributed to the poor play. I think it's blocking and tackling. It's blocking and tackling. I think it's gone way downhill. You know, something as simple, Greg, as pad level. Like, I, 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 I can't stand the spread offense. I, I, I hate it. I, I I can't stand the gun runs. I, I hate the quarterbacks and the shotgun every freaking snap and handing out handing off out of the shotgun. It's by its very nature a finesse run. And uh maybe the offensive lineman, because it's part of an RPO thing, they're maybe selling pass so their pads are high. It's like Blocking and tackling. I feel you on that. I think that's what's gone downhill in the game. Mike, one thing uh, one thing real quick that I wanted to bring up that in regards to the, the status of play now. I do think that teams, they don't know how to handle the big uh, quarterback contracts now and how that filters down to the rest of the team, including, you know, you look at where Patrick Mahomes is right now. Like, you, your drafting has to be on point if you're going to pay a quarterback, you know, $50 million a year right now and i think teams are having a tough time figuring out how to do that okay add that to the list big boy have a great thanksgiving to you and your family you too thanks guys happy thanksgiving Thanksgiving, greg okay coming up next uh what a bleep show last night in the world of boston sports
talk about a couple of gaggers. So, so how, how is it possible that the Celtics could gag worse than the Bruins? The, the team that invented the gag. The team that has perfected the gag. But I think the Celtics gag might have been worse than the Bruins gag last night. Tough to, yeah, it's a close call. But we'll get into both. Bruins last night, Celtics last night. With your calls after Murray's 90-second update here, no commercials.